You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash peerpleasure. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Check it out today. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the Peer Pleasure Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Dewey, and we're glad to have you back for another week with us here on the show. So this week's show is a special one for me. i uh, been trying to get scheduling to work out with this and everything else, uh, but when I first had the concept of doing the podcast, I reached out to my guest this week uh, to see about being the first guest because uh, you know we have a long history together and been friends a long time. And I thought it'd be really cool, but scheduling and everything, once I finally got this thing rolling, uh, weren't able to hook up until just recently. So episode nine is what it's going to be. So that being said, my guest this week is the one and only John Gorley from Portugal, the man. Uh, A lot of you know him. Most of you know him from Portugal, the man. Uh, Some of you may not know we were in a band together before Portugal, the man called Anatomy of a Ghost uh, on Fearless Records. And we put out one record with that band, and we recorded demos for a second album, had everything in the works to do that, and then uh, during the touring cycle uh, leading up to that tour, uh, the band decided to call it quits, and everyone wanted to do different things, Uh, and John and Zach wanted to to split off and do Portugal the Man, which started out as an electronic uh, side project kind of idea uh, that John had been working on. and I had gone the other way, starting a band called The Burning Room. Uh, we put out a record on Media Scare Records called We Invented Thunder back in 2006. Um, and after that point, uh, I got a call from John. They had had a couple shows in Santa Cruz with Dredge and wanted to know if I wanted to come play on those shows, which, of course, I said, sure. And uh, they, were, they were awesome shows, both sold out, really cool guys in Dredge. Um, and after that, just stayed on. Uh, for quite a while, doing a bunch of touring in the U.S. and uh, in Europe with them. So that was nice to be back with them for a while and and really uh, see how things had progressed and grown. Uh, when we started Anatomy of a Ghost, we were all fairly young and uh, immature and, 
and you know stupid little fighting and and things like that which we'd since grown out of and and really blossomed into a really I think lifelong friendship so anyways uh not to take up too much of your time here just wanted to preface the episode uh it's a big episode for us here at pure pleasure and and for me having my good good friend john on so we're gonna do things a little different on this episode we are going to play a little bit of the single as lead into the interview uh the single's called noise pollution and at the end of this episode i'm gonna play the whole thing so if you haven't heard it yet stay tuned to the end of the episode and you'll be able to hear the whole new single noise pollution by portugal the man uh it's going to be on the new record uh that hasn't been titled yet i know there's some titles floating around but as we talked about on the episode, you know, that's not decided yet. So definitely stay tuned to hear that at the end. Um, and we are, as usual, on www.peerpleasurepodcast.com, on iTunes and SoundCloud. We are on Instagram and Twitter as well. And if you'd like, email me at peerpleasurepod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, or anything you want to talk about that way, uh, feel free to hit me up. We're loving all the comments and questions we're getting and are having a good time with that. So uh, without further ado, let's roll into my talk with John Gorley from Portugal, the man. Uh, getting my day going yeah did you go for your run already no i decided against it actually yeah i uh i didn't didn't feel like jumping into that this morning (laughs) all right (laughs) i kind of kind of had a late night yeah tweeted a bunch of stuff i probably shouldn't have oh no looked into what i was tweeting about before i did it (laughs) oh shit i guess i should have checked that out (laughs) (laughs) no it's all good can you delete tweets uh no, not really. I mean, they get logged. Okay. So. Great. Have yeah. you gotten some calls this morning already? <laughs> uh no, I got a, I got a few texts. Okay. I'm Excellent. just waiting for Atlantic to see it on Monday. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> but I, I I should be good. Good. They don't mess with me, man. Yeah, you don't care about that shit. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> well. Well, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Uh, John Gorley doesn't give a fuck about anything. And, Do not uh, give a fuck. <laughs> I'm guessing you're at home right now. It's kind of funny. You're you're at home, and I'm like 15 minutes over the river in Vancouver, Washington at the studio. But uh, sometimes Skype works better, I think, even audio quality-wise. So that's one thing I've noticed so far is uh, it's a lot better. So... Anyways, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you on. I, I Just some backstory. John was going to be the first guest on the podcast when I was first discussing doing it. And then with scheduling, and, and you've, you've been incredibly busy with this new record and everything else. And then I've been busy with family stuff, and, and it just hasn't worked out till now. You're gonna be, I think you're going to be episode 10. 
<laughs> nice. So, nice. Round it out. Yeah, exactly. But uh, anyway, so what have you been up to, man? What You just got off tour. Uh, you just did like a, not a, I don't want to call it a nostalgia tour. You did a tour of old material from like a waiter in Churchmouth, right? Yeah, I think that was the initial plan. That was the idea was we were going to go out, play a bunch of smaller clubs that we haven't been to in a while mm-hmm. and play play a bunch of older stuff. But I don't know. I get so caught up in set lists and flow and I mean, you, you've seen the shows like we try to transition from one song into the next and we just have so many songs. And if, if I'm being honest, the when you tour for 10 years mm-hmm. straight, you you get to understand songwriting better. And a lot of the newer songs just are just suited for playing out live. Yeah. So we ended up playing. Uh, it, it was a good mix. I think we played something from every record with the exception of American Ghetto, which okay. we had planned on working in some stuff from that, but we just ended up not fitting it in on this one. Just because of flow reasons or, or was there other reasons behind that? Yeah, I didn't want to practice. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> they can't get me to show up to practice. No, I, I think it was mainly that. I had written out a set list and I just didn't even realize I hadn't included any of American ghetto. Mm-hmm. I mean, the initial plan was to play when the war ends and dead dog. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just didn't, didn't end up squeezing in there. Okay. Well, you we had a good flow when you got a good thing going, <laughs> you don't want to mess with it. The one thing I haven't seen, I haven't seen you with this hype guy. Now I've, I've seen pictures and I've seen video, but I haven't actually been to the show to see what well, he's got like twenty nicknames. What is his actual name? <laughs> Lord Lipboy. Lord Lipboy. Uh, Little Italy. <laughs> no, it's uh, our, our buddy Chris Black. Okay. And he's he's actually like uh, a director, uh, video producer, uh, music producer. He's kind of uh, he's just a really creative guy, and and a friend of ours that we met through. A.G. Rojas, who directed our video for Modern Jesus. Uh-huh. And it's just, he, he's just kind of been around us for a while. Like, he's a guy that we hang out with every time we go to L.A., and we've been working in L.A. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, he's, he's the master of ceremonies. Like, he'll, he makes great playlists. He's a great DJ. And having him around is just fun. Yeah. You know, like when you have those friends that can just bridge the gap in in any situation, like he is good with everybody and he's funny and just a nice presence to have around. Sure. And that's something, I mean, you've always been that way too with, with having, you know, outside people, you know, you and I have known each other a long time and, and been through a lot of things and. But we always had, there was always someone that was brought in, like with uh, like Austin, sellers on the artwork stuff. Like, there's always like an outside collaboration, which was always kind of cool, because there was always just someone that was there. And it was yeah, it seemed even, like it just kind of worked out well. Yeah, even to take it back to like Anatomy of a Ghost, like having Logan and Nick oh, Klein Logan and, and, and Wes, like, <laughs> we always had this, I, I think that's what 
what will make a really great touring band is mm. is bringing people that you like being around and people that you like hanging out with i mean I, i've always said like our whole like lords of portland thing yeah i know you you know a little bit about that uh-huh. it was it was kind of born as a, a joke like we created it as this like nobody does that in portland like nobody <laughs> like who's gonna challenge that first of all uh-huh. in portland and it, it was kind of a joke but it it's it's become this really great just cool community of like friends and family mm-hmm. and the way i look at touring is when you're out with your crew i mean it, it shouldn't it should be separate on the work side of things. Yeah. I think it's really important that you, you look at it the way you would look, look at like being a superintendent on a job site. Mm-hmm. You want to keep like plumbers over here and electricians over there and yeah. carpenters over here. But you want to have groups that can interact with each other and, and hang out and be chill in the same space. Sure. And you, I mean, going from, when we were touring together, I mean, it was a much smaller affair, and now you've got a full production. I mean, you've got semi truck or trucks, buses. I mean, full on crew, everything. Like the transition what? from that. I mean, you you guys, <laughs> you you have a lot to deal with. I mean, and and a lot of people that rely on you guys to be successful and and to you know live. Um you know, from rich on down, I mean, how does that yes. responsibility affect what you do now? I mean, as, as far as, you know, you're joking about not showing up to practice and stuff, which, you know, it always happens somewhere in the, in the chain, but what, uh, how does that change your view on what you're doing every day when you write songs, when you, when you do anything band wise? Oh, I, I mean, it has to affect you. I mean, those are those pressures that, are so annoying to hear bands and or actors or whoever like mm-hmm. any creative talk about it's it's so annoying to hear about their pressures and you know like everybody likes to step back and say yeah but you got the greatest job in the world True. but there it, it's it's intense to think about all of the people that make a living off of what you do and it's not just us i mean Mm -hmm. all like rich works with other artists and our business manager works with other artists and it it's just a weird thing that everything like you you feel like a product in some ways Mm -hmm. and it's about breaking through that and remembering like why you do this yeah and again, just to bring it back around to Chris and the people that we have on tour with us yeah. and the Lords of Portland, the Lords of Portland was our way of getting around that. And we started doing that like five years ago or four years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was our way of, I, I guess it was, it's when we were working with CAA, we were playing all these big shows and a lot of sponsored shows, which I'm, I'm not against, mm-hmm. not against playing the sponsored shows because it definitely pays the bills. Sure. But there's something really great about being able to walk into a club or a basement and just play a show 
mm-hmm. and actually like be around kids and be around fans and friends and that's what the Lords of Portland is. When we go out and play shows as the Lords of Portland, we split everything with whoever's present for that tour. Mm-hmm. So if we go and play a club and we make $5,000 or whatever, it gets split up between everybody from the merch guy to myself. Like we all make the same same amount of money. And I, I, I just think that stuff is really important to, to keeping your head straight and realizing where you come from sure. and again, chris chris is really great at that like he's a lot of our our friends are super successful and we have our friends that don't even care about anything we do mm-hmm. <laughs> like at all <laughs> don't even realize we play in a band i'm sure uh-huh. um and i i just think that's how you get around a lot of those pressures but it, it it's tough like, it's pretty hard to be in this studio and i mean you know all this because you've seen us through everything yeah it's it's hard to be in a studio with everybody looking at you saying where's the song yeah <laughs> are, are you really gonna just watch movies right now or play <laughs> video games and it's it's stuff that i've always done yeah it's so weird to me that it's still to this day like it's so hard to get across to the band and people we're working with that. Yeah, no, I played video games. Like that's how my brain works. Like I do something that takes my mind completely off of music. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, I start thinking about music. Sure. I think that's how a lot of creative or some creative people work. There are different types of creatives, but I'm yeah. the one that needs to have, you know, be completely separated from music and I need to have a lot of things going on and have movies on in the background and a lot of distraction Yeah. to hear that one idea. And that makes more but sense to me hearing that from you that way. I mean, it's, it's an ongoing joke with the podcast between uh, Joe Simon and I because he, he listens to all the episodes and I didn't realize till starting this podcast and, and just chatting with old friends how much you and Portugal have been a part of my life. Because every episode, something comes up from a, oh, either right? a story about you and I or, uh, you know, this tour story, this tour story. And, you know, the first episode we did with Andrew from Fall of Troy and he brought up, he's like, do you remember that deer skull that was in the van? And like all this hilarious shit. And, uh, you know, after living together and all that stuff, you know, watching you, because you would always be, I mean, you'd always be moving. And then, you know, six o'clock at night, you'd be down in the room watching movies, you know, in the dark. Or, and it always seemed like you were distracted, but you really weren't. It was just how your brain works. It was just how your creative juices get flowing, if you will. Like the, the and it makes so much more sense now talking about it and talking about it with other people, you know, that have noticed like, man, I thought he was just really squirrely or whatever. It was like, no, he, he's, he's, he can see a song from beginning to end. And that's, and that's one thing you've always had that was always incredible to me to see because we also joked because, you know, we'd be doing something finally when we were doing something, you'd always show up with a guitar like, Oh dude, check this out. Like, ah, all right, John. And I watch you play yeah. this riff and it was like, cool. Cause I couldn't see it to the end. I was like, "Oh, cool. Okay, 
and then go back to whatever I was doing. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, what, 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 check this out. Or someone would come over to the house and be like, hey, l- listen to this. But now stepping back from it and being out of it, I totally see what you were doing. And it's, it's cool to see. And that's something, like I said, you can always see. It seems like to me anyways, that you could see a song from the beginning, you know, what it's going to be at the end. And that's something that was super important and is now still, I'm sure, to what you're doing. Because, you know, you've got all these people relying on you. You've got this super expensive studio, you know, and they're looking at you playing video games like, what the hell? But you're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're forming music in your head. I mean, and that's that's really awesome. I mean, is is uh and that and it's good to hear that's still the way it is because I mean you haven't changed at all, you know the music's it, the music's uh, growing and expanding by leaps and bounds, but your process is the same. It seems like. Yeah, I think it has to be. And to to be fair, I'm not that smart. <laughs> I'm not like looking at things going, yeah, I know what this will be. It's it's more about like, I mean, just to tell you, I I imagine it was insanely frustrating for uh, rich when he first started managing us uh-huh. uh when i started turning in demos just for anybody that doesn't know our process and i don't think we've actually really talked about it very much mm-hmm. but i'll record like 20 like 15 or 16 second demos mm-hmm. or 30 second demos and these are the demos that i would turn into the label and everybody would be throwing their hands up like <laughs> the fuck do i do with this (laughs) this is not a song and to me i I think it's more about seeing something in this little bit like yeah i'll I'll figure it out like this is where it'll go it's it's more about being decisive and and like making decisions Mm -hmm. like it'll go here then it'll go here then it'll go here and that's a song i mean it's pretty much the everybody's already done it you know, you know how a song works, you know how structures work, you know how chords work and music works. Mm-hmm. It's just about finding your way to that end point. And I, I think with, with this band, the thing that we've we've taken a lot of time with lately mm-hmm. is structuring and lyrics. And man, doing that last tour we did yeah. where we are playing old material, <clears throat> it was so exciting to play some of these songs where I was just rattling off lyrics off the top of my head. It doesn't mean anything, Uh you know, like looking back at it, there are those moments of, Oh, there's, there's a lyric. Hey, Francis, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Francis popped out. Uh, Yeah. So like going, going back through all this old material, I'm like singing a handful of lyrics that don't mean anything. And, just realizing how little thought I put into all that. Uh-huh. It was more about practice as a songwriter. It was more about, yeah, let's record an album and like, let's go in back into the studio in eight months and record another one. Uh-huh. You know, let's, let's really try to learn this and take it out on tour and see what works. And the thing that I found that with a lot of our older stuff is it was so much easier to just write hard transitions. Like, hard tempo changes and throw out a bunch of ideas that's that's some of the i mean that was those are some of my favorite times like playing with 
you and Joe and Nick and Zach and just everybody we grew up with. Yeah. How we would just throw ideas at things. There's something really amazing about that. Uh Just being really carefree with, with music. And lately, with the pressures comes the idea that you have to figure out how the songs work like, <laughs> how does this make sense like why like why am i doing this and i think we've gotten to a, a really good creative point i mean i think that right now we're the most creative this band has been since mm. the beginning i mean I, I was going through demos last night and the new record and it's it's been crazy to me how long it's taken us to make this album. Yeah. But you look back at all the songs we've recorded in the different versions. I think there's something like 50 or 60 songs we've recorded that are pretty much done. Yeah. And then on top of that, there's 10 versions of some of these songs. There's totally different lyrics. There's totally different instrumentation. There's totally different structures. It's, it's it's pretty cool to look back and see all of all of those ideas that we kind of grew up in music having. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all still there. It's just about picking the the two best parts. Sure, you could I, almost I release this record as a box set. It seems like at this point. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason we changed the lyrics. There's a reason we changed the structure. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to see it sometimes when you're in the middle of it. But I, I, I see it now and see that, yeah, maybe we were, I don't know, maybe we just jumped in and, and got in too deep in the beginning. Because we, I mean, we really went straight back into the studio mm-hmm. after uh, the last album. I mean, we have two songs that we recorded, I think, right around the time that our album was released. That evil friend. Yeah, and I like there's noise pollution. There's a song that we're putting out pretty soon. Um, we recorded with I might be produced, but uh, the demo started in our basement uh-huh. during the the last session, the last recordings. Okay. And I, I think it's it's pretty neat that some of that stuff has come around. Yeah, I mean that's one thing that's really cool is is every record's been different. And every record, you can't really pin down, like, man, who do these guys sound like? And that's something I've always noticed since you guys started, you know, at the very beginning, you know, with Harvey and Wes and, and Nick Klein. But, you know, this new album, after listening to most of those those demos with Zach, you know, driving back and forth when we were doing that work on your house, the there was a few songs that really stuck out to me and it was funny. And, and I wanted to bring this up to you and I've talked about this before, but, but uh, the amount of access that you guys have now being so successful at this point, uh, like, you know, driving in the van with Zach, we're listening to, uh, Oh, I forget what song it might've been noise pollution. Um, but I heard it in my head, a call and response verse between you and peaches. I was like, this would be perfect. If if John and Peaches were on the song together and doing like a call, like one line, one line, one line, one line, and Zach's like, "Yeah, I could hear that. I'll I'll call her up." I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll call her up and bring it up." I was like, "Oh, you know each other?" He's like, "Yeah." So anyone I would bring up, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, we 
you know, we know these people now. And it was like, wow, that's really interesting <laughs> to hear. And that's one thing I brought up to you is having that access, how that's, you know, either been inspiring or, or uh, um, you know, detrimental to, to what you're doing. Do you feel that it's been a, like a, like a blessing or a curse? Um, you know, a, a lot of the people we hang out with, I, I feel like we meet a lot of these people because we're such dipshits. <laughs> we're just like out making a mess yeah. of everything. And I, for some reason, there's this part of me that can't really get my head around like why like Mike D wants to work with us uh-huh. so badly. Like, and why we're, ha- like we're hanging out with Mike D. Like it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I feel like maybe it's because we're such dipshits <laughs> <laughs> but we have like enough of a handle on music uh-huh. that people are just they just want to help us figure things out <laughs> and we're fighting them every step of the way <laughs> like no no i'm i'm a dipshit I, i'm serious i'm i'm really dumb they're like no no man come on you got it you got it you, you got this let's you bring it this. together let's make some songs <laughs> i mean i think that's what it is more than anything yeah yeah, I mean we're we're all from Alaska. Like, that's the scene that all of us grew up in mm-hmm. is so much different than the rest of the world and the rest of the music world. I mean, I guess it's more like when when we travel to like South America and and hang out with musicians down there, mm-hmm. or I mean even in Europe. I, I don't know if you're. Uh, with us when like Petra was hanging out did Petra come during the shows I think so yeah over in in Germany yeah yeah so like I I don't know like there, there's something about Zach and I as we travel around like hang out with people it, it just everything's just really exciting to us mm-hmm. and it's rad that we get to do these things and to be fair I mean, to, to be fair to us, like it's like a lot of the producers we work with, like you can't buy them, and I feel really thankful for that. Like, yeah. You can't just give Mike D money and say produce my record. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't have to do it. He doesn't need it. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Brian's the same way. Like Danger Mouse, he he doesn't need to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, he can work with anybody he wants, and I think it's really nice to have good people around that you connect with on a personal level that has nothing to do with what label you're on or mm-hmm. who you can call up. I and mean, we've just kind of met people along the way. Sure. And I, I, being excited about music and I, I mean, being forward with the way, <laughs> the way we think like, Oh my God, you're Mike D. I can't believe this. This is crazy. <laughs> you know, like without, being fanboys and just you know genuinely like nice and easy to talk to and I, I think that's how anything comes together I mean the people we work with like they're really good people mm-hmm. like Brian's one of the best dudes I know Mike is like again like one of the best dudes I know Peaches is great yeah and she's a genius like i agree I she's agree. she's really amazing 
I think I think it's all about like mutual respect and respecting boundaries and you know just meeting meeting people in the right way. Sure. Well, what is, what's it like? I guess working with Mike D and Brian uh, Danger Mouse on this record. You've worked with both of them on this record, right? Yeah, we kind of worked. It's weird because we we did a lot a lot of work across um, the the past year. Uh huh. Or year, four years. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, so like we were working with with Brian for the last uh, five years. Uh huh. And Mike, we've known for three and a half. Okay. It's so we've just had like different different moments where we would go down to like we went to Malibu and recorded at Shangri-La mm-hmm. at like Rick Rubin's studio with Mike. Yeah. And it was something that he just suggested we come and do. Uh-huh. And I guess, I guess that's the advantage of to go back to your, your last question about like how this affects things. When you have friends like Rick Rubin, mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want in yeah. music. Like it's, it's weird. Like it's easily taken advantage of, and that's something we we try not to do. Uh-huh. But I mean, how how many of our friends can say, "Hey, come and live at my house in Malibu, yeah. <laughs> on my compound, uh-huh. and we'll go up to Shangri La <laughs> and record for the next few months." That's and, and crazy. I, honestly, it probably probably like hinders the, the process. It's probably. It's it's one of those things. Like if if you're not hungry, do you need to go out and get food? No. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't. If I if I'm not in need, it's hard to write a song. Yeah. It's hard to write a song if you're not hungry. Exactly. Yeah. And that and you've always talked about how hard it is to write. I mean, coming from like bands we started in wasn't necessarily pop music, but how how hard it is to write a pop song. Like it's not, (laughs) it sounds simple when you listen to it, but to create it yourself, you always talked about how hard that is. And it made a lot of sense because it was like, yeah, if I'm just going to sit down with a guitar and try to write a, you know, a hit song or a, you know, to use the cliche term, I guess, uh, it seems impossible. Oh yeah, you try to write hit songs. (laughs) Shit. But you can't predict that. Yeah. Everybody we work with, I mean, the amount of times I've heard Brian say that. Like yeah, this song's great, but who knows? Yeah, you never know. Yeah, like I have a really good feeling. I mean, you could have good feelings about everything. Yeah. Well, I remember you were saying Atlantic wasn't hearing a wasn't hearing a first single; they were hearing a second and third single. And then I came over that day, and you're like, "I think I did it. I think I I think I wrote it last night. I feel really good about this song." And I was like, "Really?" And you're like, "Yeah." It's like this is great. <laughs> so you yeah. can start getting that record out, you know. Like, it's funny to think about things like that, you know, on that level. Well, this this the song that you're talking about too. The way all of this this stuff has worked for me in recent years mm-hmm. is what that that song, that song I was talking about was two hours at the end of a session. Uh-huh. I just walked into another room with with my buddy Asa from Electric Guest. Uh huh. And I was playing this bass line and he was digging it. So he goes, yeah, you know what? Let me record that real quick. So we record the bass line. He 
throws a quick beat on on top of this. Uh-huh. I, I, this dude is amazing, by the way. I mean, he's like throwing out little yips and just like crazy <laughs> sound effects. Like uh-huh. the dude is nuts. Like super super talented. But he did all that within like 15 or 20 minutes. Like threw a beat on top of this bass line. Uh, I, I put a chorus on it, and he just handed me the mic, and I started singing some lyrics that I had had before, uh-huh. some lyrics to another song that we just couldn't bring together, and it was just one of those immediate things, like, oh, this works. Uh-huh. It works over this baseline. That's where we were going wrong. We were trying to make this punk song, and really, it's a Motown baseline. Uh-huh. You know, that's like what it needed was this groove. I, I think sense. that's the most exciting thing with I'm, I'm pretty sure most pop music works in that way uh-huh. having seen some writing workshops and been in studios now with pop producers yeah and been on the writing end of things where you're gonna go in and co-write with somebody like you, you come up with it pretty quickly uh-huh. and it's just the way that artist delivers you know can you deliver yeah well, do you get, I mean, I was, uh, do you get offers or not offers, but I guess requests from different artists, younger artists, or does Atlantic put you out for, you know, Hey, we've got this new band coming in. Do you want to sit in and write with them? Do you do stuff like that? I haven't seen much, um, on my end of you doing that, but is that something you do often or, or on occasion? Not really. I I've never really done on that okay i think we have a really specific thing and again if i write a, a song that could be the song yeah i'd much rather have it for our band sure than, than somebody else <laughs> but th- that'll probably change i'll probably do some some of that just because it is a lot of fun it's yeah it's so much fun getting into the studio with creative people on different ends of the spectrum mm-hmm like it could be, like we worked with some like major pop pop producers on like co-write stuff. Yeah. Where it, it's just something I wanted to try. Like I'd love to see how this works. Like what if, uh, you know, what if something comes out of this? Like what if you find a song that you really believe in and you really love? Like th- this could be a fun thing. Sure. Ultimately, it didn't really work out, <laughs> if, I, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but it was really exciting to to sit down with creative people and have somebody put down a beat and i would just play guitar and write a few lyrics and mm-hmm. and top line melody things and it's it's just a kind of a fun scene yeah What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. 
And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. 
Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So, so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Well, and, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, um, you know, being from Alaska and how different it is and how different the scene is and the people. I mean, the, the breed of people are just, I mean, you can't find them anywhere else. And I absolutely agree. But being in Portland for so long, you know, you just bought a house in Portland. I mean, you're kind of home based in Portland. What does Alaska, you know, aside from I mean, your family still lives up there, but what does Alaska mean to you now versus when we were all you know from there and fresh from there does it still have as much of a pull on you creatively or does it i mean are you more i mean falling into the portland uh lifestyle oh it definitely does this whole album came together when it finally did come together Mm -hmm. it's because i went back home and was hanging out with my dad and He's got a place out out towards Willow, uh-huh. and we're hanging. And I see this little baggie on his shelf, and it has his ticket to Woodstock. Uh-huh. I mean, this could just be a family thing. I'd say Alaska is definitely tied in with all that, just because you're so isolated. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're it's it's nice to be away from things and not be distracted by, you know, the bar down the street mm-hmm. or the shop or just different things that we have to do day to day in alaska i feel like you go away that's that's where i go and escape things yeah but this i mean this whole album came together sitting down with my dad at his place seeing his ticket to woodstock which apparently was in one of his old toolboxes uh-huh. that he had given to a friend for a job like his buddy did did some work for him uh-huh. and he gave him this old tool set and he brought back the ticket like found the ticket in the <laughs> toolbox and just just sitting down with my dad with that ticket and him saying hey what's what's taking so long with this record like it's <laughs> it's weird like you guys put out so many records so quickly yeah and i'm trying to explain it to him and <laughs> i'm like just kind of winding around uh-huh. the truth of it which is that nothing should be holding back this record like that why why is this taking so long like we're one of the handful of bands that actually play instruments mm-hmm. you know how many bands do we tour with now that have laptops yeah i'm i'm sure like, most of them at this point <laughs> it's, oh 99 yeah 99 of the bands out there are playing to tracks and the way i've looked at the last 
few few years working on this record mm-hmm. is I spent a lot of time getting to know different software and hardware and different instruments and just see what's happening in music right now mm-hmm. like learning Ableton and learning like sampling and all these things and hanging out with my dad I realized yeah I should just sit down and play my instrument mm-hmm. what am I doing <laughs> yeah. like, why am I sampling all this stuff like it's fun and it's it's great to use that like new technology and it's great to use it in a way that benefits our songs mm-hmm. but if we can't sit down in the studio and write a song then what's the point of being in this band? Exactly. You know, I, I could do that stuff on my own. You know, we could write for other people. Like I believe in this band. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a moment when I went through our stuff. I picked 10 songs and said, this is it. This yeah. is the record. These are the ones that came together in the most organic way mm-hmm. and are the most exciting to me. Yeah. So you've got so you so it's going to be a ten song record. That's yeah, what that's you're the plan right on? now. Okay. Again, I I think this comes down to, yeah, we have a lot of material. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff, but the best records that I've listened to, and, and it depends. Like, there's like hip hop records that I love mm-hmm. from start to finish, that are good straight through, but. I feel like 10 songs is perfect to sit down in your living room and put on a record. Sure. You know, it's like the perfect amount to sit down and and feel good. Like when you get to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Who who knows? Like in the future, maybe we'll we'll try like a, a double album thing or, Mm. or whatever. But this album completely changed just hanging out with my dad. Even right now, everything's going to mix and, I'm like changing lyrics right now. The, I mean, a, a lot of this is due to the election and everything. Like, yeah, I feel like the world is a lot different, and it's set to be a much different than it is right now. Were you looking to make? I mean, were you looking to to make this record a statement on that front? I mean, I know that's the other thing I wanted to talk about is when you were say, joking about you know just making up lyrics as you go and things like that and how strange the lyrics were when we were playing together and then they were they were strange lyrics but at the same time they were very structured to where there were certain parts that had to be this way this this way and it all worked out the last few records the lyrics have been a lot more straightforward and very clear um were you with this record trying to make a statement in any way or were you just kind of letting what happens happen because you're saying like changing lyrics because of the election and things like that is it more politically charged or socially charged, or is it just like a, uh, you know, the, each song speaks for itself? Uh, I, I would say at the end of the day, it's not really our place necessarily. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I say that because there are people like Immortal Technique and Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. and like there are, and Run the Jewels. Like there are great lyricists that have the platform and, have the format Mm -hmm. i mean i feel like hip-hop is so much better suited to deliver messages like that Uh i I think when it comes to being political you take the neil young route 
you know, you take take the Beatles and we sing about what we know, which is family and uh, acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a lot of what I was thinking when I went back in to rewrite lyrics. Yeah. After the election, like, I I don't give a shit about any of this. Mm-hmm. You know, politics are fucking stupid. Like, it's it's so dumb. It's so diluted, and it, nobody gets anything done. It's this is a scary thing happening. But mm-hmm. for me, like, I just want to put out the best message that we can. Yeah, and make something that people can listen to and not think about this shit. Strengthen, you know, or at least take their minds off of it. Yeah. It. Strengthen your strengthen your values and and core values and put those out there the same. I mean, like you said with family and and everything. I mean, that's one thing I noticed from the very beginning is how close you and your family are. I mean, your brother and your sister and your your dad and your mom and and every time you were the only person in that in that van that no matter what, how quick of a call or what time it was or what was going on, you always said, I love you to your brother, your sister, whoever you were talking to in your family. The only person that did that to every single person that they talked to in their family, you know, like we would all say yeah. that to girlfriends or, or I love you, mom. See you later. You always made it a point to say, I love you before you hung up the phone. And it was every time. And I always thought that was cool because none of us did that. You know, and, and uh, that was a cool thing to see. And and then, you know, seeing you work with your dad and stuff like that, you know, because in Alaska, uh, I didn't have much experience with your family like I did with Joe and Nick's and, and everybody else's. So seeing that after the fact was really cool to see that bond. And it makes sense when you say you sat down with your dad and he just kind of said, hey, what's going on, man? I just <laughs> yeah, called you out. So long. And uh, yeah, and that was that was cool. But uh, yeah. Well, I mean, well, Dad, you're right. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Dad. Uh, so we talked a lot about the record and and things like that. It's going to be called Doom and Gloom and still, right? Uh, I'm not so sure. Like it, okay. the the whole album has has changed, and the thing is, fifty or sixty songs have mm-hmm. been recorded, and two and a half years ago, or two years ago, that's what the album was going to be called. Yeah. And, to this <laughs> yeah, none of those songs. I mean, there's like different stages of those songs. Yeah. I guess technically are on the record, but it's a completely different album. And that whole record was, I mean, it was basically prepped and ready. Like I just needed to finish up a couple of things on it. Yeah. I mean, that was like a double album with like Mike D and Danger Mouse mm-hmm. and and myself and it just ended up not being what i wanted to put out mm-hmm. which sounds <laughs> prissy <laughs> to be like sorry guys i i don't feel like putting out your record uh-huh. but it, it was more about like is this about us being in the studio with like our heroes or is this about like us putting out the best record we can yeah and man it it's it's like terrifying to make decisions like that, but that's that's just the way I work. Yeah, like it'll it'll be that it's, it's either yes or no. Like this is either it or it's not. Mm-hmm. And 
that's the call I made at the time. And we basically wrote a whole new record, included pieces of all of that, because I think it's all important to mm -hmm. see the transition from the last record to now. Yeah. But listening back to that stuff, now now i've like listened back to it i'm like why did we cut all this stuff like why did i cut this from the record like this we could have put this out two years ago mm -hmm. and so i think i think gloom and doom and we'll see what happens with it but i think that's a record that i it, it may come out it may not it mm -hmm. may come out in pieces but i feel like that doom and gloom is the last you know, three years. Yeah. And the record that I want to put out is today. Sure. Yeah, literally today. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and work on it right after this. Awesome. And uh, so another another aspect to your life as of as of recently, besides being you know a father now and and uh, and everything that way is you've been you've been doing some stuff. You did Hood to Coast um, with one of nike's teams correct it was i forget the name of the team but it was yeah a, dimension six dimension six and i remember i came over to the house to get some pears from that pear tree you had that was overflowing and i walked into your room <laughs> and there was nike shoes everywhere and i was like what is this and uh you're like oh i'm, I'm doing hood to coast cool what really yeah with kevin hart and i was like kevin hart and then I would, <laughs> it was just out of nowhere like oh yeah this is what I'm doing, and then, so you're doing the you're doing the race, and I remember I got a text from you. I, it was sometime way early in the morning, about that you woke up in a tent on the side of the road with Theo Rossi or Juice from Sam Crow, and I, it was it was just the most random, hilarious text I've ever received. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, and I was like, this goes back to the whole access thing, but. How was that experience doing the Hood to Coast with those guys, or just the Hood to Coast in general? I mean, it could have been with anyone, but um, I mean, because you're running now and and uh, you know doing some active stuff. How's that changed your your outlook on things and and such? Oh, it's great. I, I I grew up playing sports. Like I grew up playing hockey and baseball and gymnastics, and I always loved running. Mm -hmm. I just never did a lot of it, and. To me, the thing the thing that I get when I I run is, I mean, I don't I don't generally run with music, mm -hmm. like I I just run, and I think this it just it's really calming and it's it's just good for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I that that's the reason I did the race in the first place was I I haven't done anything where I've had to struggle. Mm -hmm. in in a in a few years i mean writing music is hard but it's not like it's not a challenge necessarily physically yeah mm -hmm. yeah and, and this i just got asked at the right time i mean I, if i'm being honest i was probably drunk or hung over <laughs> <laughs> and i got a text from one of the nike dudes and he just asked and i said yeah you know what i'll i'll do that uh -huh. and it totally messed up like our whole last half of the year schedule with mm -hmm. the band like <laughs> we had to cancel shows but it's it was something that i really wanted to do yeah and and i'll tell you what those those people that get into that stuff i'm i'm nowhere near 
the level of like competitiveness that like Theo has. Uh-huh. Theo is great. That dude is just one of the best people I've I've ever met. And I, I'm just glad I did it. Yeah. And I, I'd like to continue doing that stuff. I think it, it helps helps me in a creative way, just doing things that I'm I don't that my body isn't used to and pushing myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was a lot of fun. And it's a good team. Like it, it, just being around a team of people. Uh-huh. Like we're all doing this together. Everybody's cheering you on. You're cheering on the other people in your team. Mm-hmm. It's that's the way a band should be. A band needs to operate like a sports team. <laughs> it should be we're going to go out there and kill the competition. <laughs> we're going to go out there and write the best songs. Uh-huh. Like I'm not here to write songs. I'm here to write the best songs. I, I think that's that was really exciting to see. Yeah. Just as like we're running a fun race. And there are all kinds of teams. There are teams that walk the whole race. Uh-huh. You know, and we're there a bunch of actors and musicians and we're seriously trying to be competitive right now. <laughs> and I thought that there was something so great about that. Just getting into a van and going, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to, how many people did you pass on your last run? Yeah, like that was the thing. Like every time you'd, you'd finish your run, how uh-huh. many kills did you get? How many kills? And kills are like, how many people did you pass? <laughs> and yeah, I, I really do think that's, that's the way bands should be looking at things. Uh-huh. I, I wish the guys had done it too. And I, I, I think we probably will at some point. I think it'd be fun to put together a Lords of Portland team. Oh man, I would love hood, to see Zach run Hood Coast. That'd be amazing. Zach would not do it. <laughs> There's not, you could not get that guy to do that race. Hamburger but stations. But I bet you could get Jason, and I bet you could get. I know you could get Kyle. Yeah. Like Kyle is a competitive little shit. Like he is. He is amazing at everything he puts his mind to. Oh. Like Kyle. he'll go out and run like 12 miles. Yeah. Just because. Just because. Just. Oh yeah. my god. I gotta have like him on the show. <laughs> oh, you should. Oh totally. Jesus, we could talk he's, about he's the husband. We could, I have Jason on, we could talk about the flips and all that business, which I'm sure he's still rocking those bad boys. He's gonna yeah. have to change those for that run though. That's gonna be brutal. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell I'll tell you what, that Yeah, that run was really good. Kyle. Definitely get Kyle on the show. Yeah. I, I think you'd have a have a blast talking to him. I'm going to talk to Zach on Tuesday and uh and do his his episode and and uh yeah, Kyle and, and so Jason's back again, which is oh, yeah. I'm so excited about. I want to talk about that because I think he's he's the I mean, he's just the best. And I'm so he's glad so funny. <laughs> that he's back in action. How's he doing? How's how's it going with him on this last tour? Everyone's terrible. Along. He terrible? is just the worst drummer. Oh, the piece <laughs> no, of <I'm> shit. <laughs> yeah, he's a terrible person. Uh-huh. No, it's 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 just that thing. Like you have this group of guys that gets into a van or a, a bus. Where, like mm-hmm. we get on stage together every single night, and it's all about connections. Yeah, 
You know, like you can find a guy who can play drums better. You can find a somebody who plays guitar and sings better than I sing. You know, like it's all about putting the right people in a room. Mm-hmm. And Jason is that right person for our band. He he just is. I totally and agree. We've with tried you. it with every every end of the spectrum mm-hmm. of drummers. Like we've had crazy rock drummers. We've had technical like genius drummers yeah and at the end of the day like i like hanging out with jason more than anybody Mm -hmm. and i like having that guy that i can turn to on stage and say what the fuck are you doing (laughs) and he can go fuck you i dropped the stick (laughs) and like we could have our like little battles Uh and that's what makes us stronger you know it makes us stronger as a group to be able yeah. to like turn around and know where everybody's at and know like what you used to and feel comfortable and and jason's a great drummer he is i mean just playing this tour it was so obvious that jason is our drummer mm-hmm. i mean it was the first time in years that i ever got on, like i've gotten on stage and just been like yeah, you know what? This is what our band sounds like. Yeah. And I've been able to turn around and and say to Jason, I'm just going to play. <laughs> you know, or I can like step away from the mic and everybody knows what to do yep. when that happens because John wasn't at practice. He forgot the lyrics. Uh-huh. You know, like he's going to step away from the mic for a second. <laughs> <laughs> they just know that that's the way my brain works. Like I'm fully like muscle memory and... Everything I do is a, a little bit it's from the hip. Yeah. I'm like Joe Simon. Yeah, it shoots from the hip. <laughs> My mom yeah, coined that term, I think. He's a loose cannon that shoots from the hip. You need to watch out for him. Turns out he's my best friend in the whole world <laughs> for my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Well, I, I think that it's good to have some of that. Like it's yeah. It's good to have like yeah, I mean, just to say something about the band. Zach and Kyle and Jason and when Ryan was in the band. Uh-huh. I mean, everybody that's been in this band, I, I think you have to have a core group of people that are tight as hell. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've been really lucky to have with everybody I've played with. Mm-hmm. Everybody keeps it very tight. And... You need that if you want to be writing as you go, which, you you know, that's how we work. Like yeah. We've always kind of like jam things out and that could become a song on the next record. Yeah. You know, if I if I like hit a lead line that is a melody that I like, like I, I like to ride it for a minute and like ex- explore those notes mm-hmm. and explore what's within this thing that we're doing. Sure. But the band is. I mean, that group of guys is easily probably the best at what they do out there in the rock world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a super tight group and a super tight band. And they know all the songs. I mean, we could pull out anything yeah, and just play. And we couldn't have that if we didn't have Jason in this band. 
we couldn't have that if we didn't have Zach in the band. Mm-hmm. Like Zach is the guy, the guy who's, I walk over to mid-set and go, hey, what's that lyric? <laughs> like, oh, okay, and he knows go. exactly what, I had to do that a couple times in, in Europe with you guys. <laughs> I had to ask him, yeah. point, now how does this part go, Zach? And he's like, oh, yeah, here you go. And do you need me to write it down for you? No, no, I got it. Just yeah. And that's one thing with Jason is he was the most impressive with how he, we would lock in together. It was just like you just fell into like a really, really old mattress and it just kind of wrapped around you like you were in that pocket together without even looking at each other. And, you know, before the, the set, he'd say, who am I tonight? You know, I'm so and so I'm so and so. OK. And uh, go out and channel these drummers. But that's one thing I was so glad when you guys mentioned you were you were going to get him back in there. And I was like, oh, it's perfect. Because it, yeah, it just yeah. fits. It just fits. It's just right. Yeah, it is. You know? Totally. And that's, that's, yeah. I think that's that was the piece that's been missing for a little while now. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you have him back. And, and uh, you know, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because we're almost an hour here, which is awesome. Um, but I wanted to oh, kind of end things on, on, you know, we've talked about the record. We've talked about a whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, what, what kind of advice or, 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 or message do you want to put out to, you know, people that are listening that, that are looking, you know, to either get into music, continue in music, or are looking at what you're doing? You know, do you have any, you know, words of wisdom from where you've come from? Well, I... The, the thing that I've learned from uh, everybody we've worked with, I mean, we've worked with some really great producers and songwriters mm-hmm. and musicians. And what I think is the most important thing, it's it's really hard to teach. And I don't even know if you can teach it, really. <laughs> you just kind of have to be the type of person who can be objective mm-hmm. and and self-aware. It's super important to know your place. Like I've seen guitarists that sing for bands that are so much better as just be a guitarist. Mm-hmm. Like, do you need to sing? You know, like I've seen drummers that want to be songwriters that are some of the best drummers I've ever seen in my fucking life. Like mm-hmm. I've seen those drummers that are so insanely good, but they have a hard time just being a drummer and understanding the importance of, of all of that. Mm-hmm. Like I always equate music to like just finding your place. Like, like you still need janitors in the world. Mm-hmm. Like we still need people who are the best at doing that. Yeah. You know, or at least like playing that role appropriately, you know, like sure. just know your role and like know your place. And, Know that everything you write may not be the best, but it's also good to put it out there. And that's how we learned. Sure. Like we learned by putting out every bit of what we did mm-hmm. early on. And I still look at it like when we signed to Atlantic, it was it was after six years of learning songwriting and learning mm-hmm. how to make records. You know, we signed to Atlantic because we were ready not because we needed a paycheck yes because we didn't sign to go into debt with somebody else exactly you know we signed because 
we wanted to put out our debut record. You know, we wanted to put out that frustrating thing that, like, Modest Mouse. I remember when Modest Mouse was up for a Grammy, and it's like a debut record situation. Uh-huh. Like, no, man, they got eight records. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, they were just ready. Uh-huh. You know, they were ready for that thing. I think it. It's it's just important. Like, that's the most important thing that I've seen, and it's just about putting your head down and putting in the work and knowing what you're good at and knowing if being able to separate, separate yourself from the music. I mean, there are the people that make it mm-hmm. and that have that ability to like write a hit song and not even know how they did it. Like Jack White to me comes off as that, that type of guy. Mm-hmm. I'd say the black keys seem like very calculated with what they do. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, they really know what they're doing. They play blues rock, mm-hmm. you know, and they know that formula really well. And Dan's a great singer. Mm-hmm. Somebody like Jack White is throwing everything at the wall with like an extreme amount of talent and sometimes nailing it and sometimes missing. Yeah. But he's always putting something out and always working. Well, that, just going to work yeah that's great man i i and that's one thing i admire about you too is just being the same thing just being a true original i mean there's no one like you out there and you know from being a friend to uh you know a business partner to a fellow musician i mean there's really no one no one i can compare you to and that's i i really like that about you and and always have and and you know regardless of anything that's happened or arguments or or stupid bullshit that, that has happened between you and I as far as just stupidest fucking arguments. It's embarrassing to even think about. But I've always yeah. admired you and, you know, your your originality and your drive and your creativity is really inspiring and I, I just want to make sure that's known. And, and uh, you know, I'm glad we've been able to be friends for so long and, and do so many things together. And, and uh, I just love watching you guys grow. And uh, that's why I really wanted to have you on the show. Um, and I'm glad you came on. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, I would, oh. I'd love to do it again. Awesome. Well, Let's maybe after the record sometime. comes out, we'll do another. We'll do another uh, episode. I'm going to do a couple part twos. I think with a couple people. I think it's. I think the podcast medium is fitting for that because I mean it's just. Hey, I like this person. I'm going to check out this conversation. You know, it's all appointment listening, as Jay Moore says. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, well right nice. On. I'll. I'll send it out. Well, great talk to you, Dewey. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'll uh, uh, we'll catch up soon and, and actually meet up. Meet up. <laughs> yeah, say hey to Joe and Nick and everybody for me too. I will. I miss those dudes. I will. I'll say hi to them for you and, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Have a good day. All right, you too, Dewey. All right, bye. All right, bye. All right, folks. That was my conversation with John Gorley from Portugal, the man. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a great time making it and a great time chatting with my friends. So. Uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and play the new single Noise Pollution uh, by Portugal the Man. This is going to be coming out on the new record on Atlantic Records. And uh, let's get into it now and we'll wrap things up.
the new single from Portugal the man called noise pollution coming out next year on their new record on Atlantic Records so we are available on www.peerpleasurepodcast.com Instagram Twitter and if you want to email me questions anything like that peerpleasurepod at gmail.com once again thanks again to John Gorley for coming on the show Uh, we're gonna have some more great guests every week Uh, we're really excited for this one to come out so This is episode nine. We're nine episodes in. Loving this show. Having a great time. Having a great time talking to everybody. Getting some great feedback. Keep it coming and keep on listening. Thanks a lot. See you next week. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chamba life is for everybody. So go to ChambaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChambaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.